I exhort you. I exhort you to show that kind of enthusiasm when you do anything, much less in the house of the Lord. You, you know what? When's the last time? Now, I'm not, telling you, I'm not telling some of you to run, okay? But I'm simply saying they ran, they ran, to, get, they ran to get there. And uh, praise God for that. Because um, good, good, good things happen downstairs with our children. They're hearing about Jesus. They're having the opportunity. They're having the opportunity to make a decision to make a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ. Kinsley asked me the question yesterday. Somehow, we got to talking about my father. And as we were talking about my father, um, because Kinsley was in one of those moments of talking about whose mommy is whose mommy and whose daddy is whose daddy and, and on and on and on. You know how that conversation can go. But anyhow, she said, she said where is your daddy? I said, my daddy's in heaven. She said, granddaddy, you think I'm going to be there too? And it just opened the door to an opportunity to have a conversation with my granddaughter who is, who is learning about the Lord and who is in love with the Lord. She's just putting all the pieces together. She's putting all those pieces together and, and, understanding, and understanding what that means. And I, I praise God for that. I praise God for that. And so, wow, what a way to start. Turning your Bibles to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Isaac could safely say, wow, what a week. (laughs) And he will, and he will tell us about that week in the near future. In the near future. We will give them a little time to recover, a little time to put something together. And then come and share your experience with us in the near future. Um, just glad, glad to have you home, but happier that you went. Happier that you went. And so um, I did get the opportunity this week to spend time with um, two missionaries. Uh, I was with Darren Davis on Wednesday. He his dad, Jim, and I went to Fredericksburg and met with a pastor, the pastor of Mountain View Baptist Church, who is exploring, exploring the opportunity to, um, to be involved in missions. But you know the neat thing about they've got a vice president for the IMB that has come out of their church, and now they've got a journeyman that's about to go to the field from their church. Isn't that interesting? What, what an interesting conversation that was. But So Darren, Darren and Shauna left on Friday. Um, and are now back in Nairobi. And then Friday morning, I had a conversation with Joey Gordy, who is the training, um, the training guy for the Sub-Saharan Africa Affinity Group. Now, Darren is the Affinity Group leader. Uh, Joey Gordy is the, uh, is the training guy for the entire Affinity. And so, um, compliments of technology, uh, we were able to talk as if we were in the same room together. Um, and that's a pretty interesting thing. And, uh, but I just want to take a moment and pray for those missionaries as I think about them right now, as, I, as my mind is in Kenya right this moment. I'll bring it back to Chester here in a minute. But um, anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to come to you in prayer. And Lord, I thank you for missionaries that are 
all around the globe, Lord, that have, that have left that have left the comforts of this country, that have left the comforts of what would be considered home to many. Um, for them, for them, home is home is wherever you have placed them, wherever they have the um, place to lay their head. That that's home, Lord. And um, so for Darren and Shauna and Joey and his family and 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 those who are serving in Sub-Saharan Africa, Lord, I just lift them up this morning. Um, Darren and Shauna had to leave their, their new grandbaby. And uh, Lord, I praise God they had the opportunity, even in the last days of their, of their stay, to, to spend time with their, with their grandchild. And, uh, but Lord, they, they, they know their calling. They're sure about their calling. And, and Lord, so they, so they left and went back to Nairobi, Kenya. And Lord, so I just pray over them. I pray that you would watch over, protect them, um, guide Darren as he leads that affinity. Father, be with jo- Joey. And um, Joey has a whole house full of kids. And uh, Lord, I, um, I thank you for him. And I thank you, Father, for, for just his heart. And Lord, just praying over, praying over his family. I, Lord, he, he, was about to have a, he was about to have a meeting of a position that needed to be filled in the affinity. Lord, I pray that that went well. And Lord, just that you would continue to do a work in the, um, in the midst of their lives. Lord, that you would just continue to, um, to raise up, to raise up people from within the churches. Father, that you would raise up something, somebody from this church that would, that would say, I'll go and be a journeyman. Lord, I'll go, I'll go to the mission field. I'll go, Lord, wherever you send me. Wherever you send me, I will go. So, Lord, um, I, just, I just pray that, Father, you would have your way. You would have your way on the other side of the world. You would have your way here. Lord, we love you, honor you, praise you. All this in your most precious and holy name, amen. All right, so, so we are journey, journeying through Second Peter now. And you remember that this, the theme of this book is going to be uh, dealing with the false teachers, the false prophets that either come into the fold or either rise up from, in, from within. But Peter is, Peter is warning about these false people, these people that will bring false doctrine, these people that will bring heresy into the mix. And, and so the way that he's going to tackle this in this letter, by the way, he's in prison. Okay, he's in prison. He's, he's uh, destined to die. He's destined to die. And, and it's not going to be it's not going to be long, and and so and so Peter is is putting this letter putting this letter down, and and he's attacking it or 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 he's going at it from first of all being being sure of some things, being sure of some things. One of those things is being sure of our salvation, being sure of the salvation that we have, that that you can know you can know that you are saved, you can know that you are saved. You don't have to ask anybody. You, you, don't have to, you, you don't have to ask. You know. And then, and then to know God's Word. To know God's Word and, to, and to, know it, to know it in a way that you not only, that you not only can, can flip to the verse. You know how hard that is sometimes? You know how hard it is when you get a, get, you get a verse that you need and you've got to go find it now? Okay? Um, but, but that you know what the Word says. And you know how to apply the Word properly. Do you know how many denominations have been started on one verse of Scripture? 
just one verse of scripture starts a whole denomination, begins a whole thought process. We're gonna deal with a little bit of that this morning, by the way. And then that we know the prophecy, that we know the prophecies, that we know the prophecies that have been, that have been fulfilled and the prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled that are yet to be fulfilled, that we, that we understand those things. Remember who he's talking to. He's talking to the church in that day. He's tur- talking to the church in that day, and he's saying, and he's saying you, you know what, you need to be aware of these things. And oh, by the way, the prophecy, you, think about this, think about this. All those years ago, he's talking about the prophecy that we're talking about today. And that is, you know, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And I pray that we're ready when he comes. I pray that he's ready when we come. And then, and then in the midst of all that, and, 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 I, and I probably got that order wrong, but he's going to talk about knowing your adversary. Knowing your adversary. Knowing, your, know, knowing who you're up against. Knowing who you're up against. Whether that, whether that adversary, you, you know, we have a, a very, uh, we, 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 have a, we, we have a big adversary. Um, and I don't mean to give him any credit of any kind, I don't want to define him in any way except a deceiver, a liar, a thief, a murderer. I mean, that's the devil. That's the devil, okay? Um, and, but when a person puts themselves in the place of being a false teacher or a false prophet. I heard a story the other day. Darren was telling it. Darren was telling it. We were talking about the prosperity gospel. We we're talking about the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel is the one where, where it's health and wealth. Okay? The, the, the message that you get, the message that you get is that if you come to Christ, you come to Christ, you're going to be prosperous, you're going to be rich, you're going to be healthy, you're going to be all these different, all these different things. False gospel. Okay, false gospel. But but anyhow, they're in Africa, they're they're at a tent crusade. I think that's why his brow raised when he said we're going to be doing a tent crusade when we go this time. Um, but anyway, they did a tent crusade, and a prosperity preacher was the one leading the, um, leading the tent crusade. And what he did was, and there were thousands upon thousands of people at this tent, tent crusade, and said that um, he, he threw some oil out on the ground, and he told the people, and he told the people, you come to this spot of ground. If you, want, if, you, if you want prosperity, if you want peace, if you want all these things, because God is leading me to tell you this. And so they, they all ran to the spot. And then he threw some out over here. He threw some out over here. And, and, and so he said, now come here. And you've got to remember, thousands upon thousands of people, and the next thing you know, a stampede of people occurred. And 20 people were killed. 20 people were killed. They found him. They found him in the airport, in the airport, leaving the country. And they arrested him, and he is now in jail for that. They're holding him accountable for that. And, and, and I tell you, folks, I tell you, folks, that there, are, that there is falseness everywhere. There, is, uh, there, are people, there, there are people that are not preaching the truth. And dare I say that some of you may be listening to them, Starting in verse 5 of Second Peter chapter 1. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. 
For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it right, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. May God bless the reading of his word. May God bless his word. May the Holy Spirit illuminate his word so that we can better understand his word. As, and, and we're talking about salvation. We're talking about that, that salvation, that gift, that free gift that, that Jesus offers to each and every one of us. And, and, and all we have to do is, is we receive the gift. We received Christ. We, we understand our sin. We understand our need for a Savior. We understand our need to be forgiven of our sin. Our need to turn from that sin. Turn and walk away from that sin. And, 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 so, and so he goes on and he says, you remember in verse 4 where, where it says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's being the partakers of that divine nature. It's the power of God. It's the power of God that lives within us. It's the power of God that has saved us. It's the power of God that, that gives us everything that we need that now because, but, but for this reason, for this very reason, that we diligently, that we diligently, intentionally increase our faith, add to our faith, and, and, and supplement our faith is another word. To, and, and, and so, and so you're, you, you, think about, you think about your faith. You think about your faith. You think about your faith journey. I cannot tell you how many people tell me when I, when I ask them about their relationship with the Lord. Well, it hadn't been, it, it, it's, you know, I, I believe in God. I, I've accepted the Lord. But, but you, know, um, you know, life, life makes it tough. Life makes it tough. But, but, but see, see what, we've, what we've lost sight of, what we've lost sight of is that our, our faith is the means by which we live this life. By which, by which we're able to, by which we're able to do the things that we do, and it says, and it says, add to your faith virtue. And when we, when, when we think about that word virtue, we we are saying that you know what, there needs to be a high moral standard. There needs to be a high moral standard in our faith, in our faith, because because you know that's what that's what the word teaches us. That's what the Word teaches us. The Word teaches us, God says, God, you be holy as I am holy. You be holy as I am holy. You be set apart. You be set apart. You be, you be different than the world. Because, because see, what, what, Peter, what Peter is saying here, remember who he's talking to. He's talking to saved people. He's talking to believers. Or he's talking to people who think they're believers. 
Okay? I've got to make sure I throw that one in. You just have to let that one mull around a little bit. But, but, but Peter is talking to believers. Peter, Peter's talking to believers in this case. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the church. And, and in, in, in some cases, you, you know, now, I am not foolish enough to think that there's not lost people in here right this moment, that there are not lost people in our midst. Okay? And, but, but there again, uh, this is the body of believers. This is the body of believers known as Mission Community Church. Okay? This, this is, this is, the, this is the, the local body. This is a part of the much bigger body called the church. And, and so, you know, he, he is saying these things. See, your faith needs to be something that people can see. People need to be able to see your faith. Your, your faith needs to be something that you are living, that, you, that, that is growing, that is... Um, and so he says, add to your faith virtue. And to that virtue, knowledge. And, and, the, and the knowledge that he's talking about is the knowledge of who God is. You know how we learn who God is? Right here. Yes, sir. We learn who God is in his word. We, we learn about God in his word. We, 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 know, we know God through prayer. We know, we know God. You see, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a lifelong learner. And if, in case you wonder what that is, I'll be learning till the day I die. Okay, and, and, and every single one of us is that, is that same way. We, we are that way to, to know everything that we can know about God. To know everything that we can know about His Word, about the truth. It's a pursuit. It's a pursuit of truth. You ever seen a pursuit? They, they, are, they are driving very fast to catch someone that is trying to get away. Well, it, 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 thankfully it's not like that as far as this because you know the truth, the truth is right in front of us. And oh, by the way, if you don't have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, you let me know, I'm gonna get you one. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna make sure, we're gonna make sure you got a copy of God's word. Okay, because it's that important. It's that important that you, and, and, that, that, and you know something, my pages are getting, my pages are getting tattered, um, and, and this is one of my newer, this is one of my newer copies of God's Word. This is one of my newer copies of God's Word. My other ones, the bindings are breaking and things like that, but you know what? But you know what? I'm going to hold on to them. I'm going to hold on to them. I don't care what happens to them. But the knowledge of God's Word, learning God's Word, and you got you got to be in it. You got to be in it. You got to study it. You got you got to do. It's 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 not an easy task to go deep. It's not an easy task to get into the Word and to and to under and to understand what the Word is telling each and every one of us. And then from there to to self control and, and and you know what we can we can define self control in so many different ways. In so many different ways, we can define self-control. We can define when that, when that evil or when that temptation or when that sin or when whatever, you, whatever it is, when it comes, when it comes, that you realize, you, you know something, I have the ability, I have the power of God to leave it, to turn from it, you know what? The fact that it visits you, 
the fact that it visits you is not a problem until, until it becomes yours. Do you see what I'm saying? Because the devil's going to throw everything that he can throw at you. The devil's going to throw everything he can throw at you. But the, what you do when it comes says it all. When the temptation comes, when the trial comes, when those things come, what will we do with it? What will we do with it? And self-control is a big part of that. And then perseverance, the other word is steadfastness. Steadfastness to stand. Where do you stand? Where do you stand? And are you standing firm there? And is the place where you're standing firm a good place to stand firm? We don't want to be standing in quicksand. Okay? We don't want to be standing on ground that will not hold us. So we want to be standing on the rock. We want to be standing on the rock of Jesus Christ. With Jesus as our foundation, we can stand. Because, see, we've got to, we've got to understand who we are versus who God is. Because we are not God. He is. And, but, but, we, but we can have, we can experience, we can, we, we can take advantage of the power of God in our life. And the, and the ability to stand on firm ground. Steadfastness in our, in our belief. To where we're not blown around by every whim of doctrine. Where, where we're not affected by, by the... So, so the false thing comes. Okay, I talked about sin, but the false thing comes. That false, that false teaching comes. And you hear that, and you hear that, and you got to do something with it. Some people... Follow it. Some people follow it right to the cup of Kool-Aid. Are you with me? Some people follow a thought, follow a, follow a statement, follow something right to the cup of Kool-Aid. But we got to know this. We got to know this so that when that false thing, when that false thing is said, and oh, by the way, by the way, if you know the truth, you can, you can tell a lie in a moment. And, and, and now, now let, me, let me clarify that. You can tell that someone is lying. Okay, you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that because you know the truth, you go tell lies. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that because you know the truth, you are able to determine that something is not true, that something is a lie. And, and so, and so Peter, is, Peter is simply saying, now you think about this. This is what we're adding to our faith. This is what we're putting on top of our faith. Okay? And, and oh, by the way, and oh, by the way, they were, asking, they were asking Jesus, Jesus, the disciples were saying, Jesus, we tried to cast out a demon out of a little boy, and, and we couldn't do it this time. And Jesus, why is that that we couldn't cast that demon out? Why is it that we couldn't? And, and he said, because of your unbelief. Now, remember who he's talking to. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to those 12. And he's saying, because of your unbelief, because, see, if you had just had the faith of a mustard seed, you could tell that mountain to move from there to there and it would do it because there's nothing that is impossible with God. There's nothing that is impossible with God. 
And, and, and we need to know where we stand. And we need to know who we are and who we're not. Because from perseverance or steadfastness to godliness. And what does it mean to be a loyal, reverent, obedient follower of the Lord? What does it mean to be that? What does it mean to be a godly person? What does it be, mean? We had a... Um, we, we had a seminar here, or, or a town hall. We had a town hall right here Friday night. And it was on foster parenting and adoption. And oh, by the way, we're going to have another one in a couple of months. Um, it went so well, we're going to have another one. And, um, and, and the thing that is most needed in that world, the thing that is most needed in that world are godly men and women who are willing to take children into their home. Broken children. Children with everything that, every, everything that you, you can't even imagine. You, can, you, you just can't imagine. And, and, and being, willing, being willing to open your home and be a foster parent or to be a, an adoptive parent. Because you know what it's about? It's about changing lives. It's about changing lives. And, and so we, we wonder, what is godliness? What, it, what is it to be godly? What is it to be considered godly? And it is definitely not holier than thou. It is definitely not holier than thou. It is definitely not putting ourselves on some pedestal or some platform or something that, that puts us, that makes people think, you know, we're more than what we are. But from godliness to brotherly kindness... It's funny what comes after the godliness. It's funny, it's funny what, because, you, you know what, we are to seek to be more Christ-like. We are to seek to be more like him each and every day of our life. We are to seek to be like him more and more each and every day of our life. Remember, this is about a be, having a living faith. This is about be, having a faith that is put into practice. This is a faith that is exercised. This is a faith that is in shape. This is a faith that, that takes the gospel wherever the gospel needs to go. This is, this is a faith that we trust completely in the Lord. And, and in the midst of that, our children are down there learning about kindness right this moment. They're down there learning about how to be kind to one another. They're learning from stories in the Bible. They're learning from, from situations in the Bible about kindness. And so, you, you know what? They're going to hear a lot of things downstairs. They're going to hear a lot of things downstairs. But oh, the, oh by the way, <laughs> they're going to catch what they see. They're going to catch what they see. They're going to catch what they hear. They're going to mimic what they see. They're going to mimic what they hear. So what are they seeing? What are they seeing from you? What are they seeing from you? When the, opportunity, when the opportunity to be kind or be whatever else comes, what are they seeing? Brotherly kindness and from brotherly kindness love. It starts with faith. It starts with faith. It starts with the true faith. The true faith in the one true God. In the one true God. One faith, one hope. One baptism. It, it's, it's, 
our salvation comes in the same way. Everybody, everybody comes to faith. Now, we're talking Christianity here, okay? We are in a Christian church. We are in a Baptist church. Okay, we're talking, we're talking Christianity, and we're talking that the only way to God the Father is through Jesus the Son. The only way to God, the only way to a right relationship, the only way to salvation is through Jesus. Is through Jesus. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. And, and in that, we can understand, we can understand what love looks like. We can understand what love looks like. How are you doing with your love? How are you doing with your love? Because love is something that you give. Love is something that you extend. Love is something, love is something that when we define it, we have to define it based on Jesus. Because John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When we think of love, we have to think of Jesus. We have to think of what Jesus has done. And, and you sit there and you go, okay, so there it is. There's the picture of salvation. There's the picture of salvation. Now, how are you doing with those things? That's not a pick or choose list. That's not a pick and choose list. That's not a say, okay, you, you know, you walk up to the shelf of salvation. You walk up, to, you, walk, you go in that store. You go in that store, you're going to buy some salvation. Or you're going to buy some pieces to your salvation, and you walk in there, and you say, well, I'll take this one, and I'll take that one. I don't like that one, and I don't like that one. That's not what this is about at all. This is an all-inclusive list. It's not a legalistic list either. It is not a legalistic list. It is because it says this, for if these things are yours, if these things are yours, and oh, by the way, there's no cop-outs here. There's no cop-outs here. Pastor, I'm trying. Okay, how hard are you trying? I, I have taken firefighters, and hear me clearly, I have taken firefighters who were a little bit timid about going in there, and I've grabbed them by the nap of the neck, and I have dragged them. And I will do that to you. Okay, now, now the thing is, I'm not gonna, if, if you're a lost person, I can't, I can't drag you to salvation. I can try. I can, I can try. Because, because see, there's going to come a moment here where this becomes important. Okay, so it says, for if these things are yours and abound. Not only that they're yours, okay, you own them, you own them, but they abound in you. In other words, they are plentiful in you. They are plentiful in you. They're plentiful in me. That if, if that's the case, then you will neither be barren. Think of barren. Think of a desert. Think of a wasteland. You will not be that, nor unfruitful. Because you know what? We must, we must be producing fruit. The question is, are you producing fruit? The question is, Pete, are you producing fruit? And, and in many cases, I'm not the one that determines that. Okay, now I, I, I have a play in that. I have a say in that. But of course, who am I? I'm a child of God. I, I am not my own. 
I had to give up self. I had to give up, I had to give up what I wanted for what Jesus wants. And it says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on and says, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from old sins. Go to Hebrews 6 for a moment. Hebrews 6, because this is something we got to, we got to get through this for just a moment. It says, let's start in, Let's start in verse 3. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Okay, you know what that means? Who were once, who once understood, had heard the gospel. Okay, so that's the person that's enlightened. And have tasted the heavenly gift. Have tasted that heavenly gift of salvation of Jesus. And have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Huh. And this says, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Wow. Look at this person. Think about this person. And then, if they fall away. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Now, you know what people have done with that? You know what people have done with that? Just like they've done it right here in Second Peter, talking about and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. They've said, this is, this is proof that you can lose your salvation. This is proof that you can lose your salvation. And there are a group of Baptists out there that believe you can lose your salvation. There are other denominations that believe you can lose your salvation. Save one day, lost the next. And, but that is not what Peter's saying. It's not what the writer of Hebrews is saying. What it's saying is, is that you got to think about the four soils. You got to think about the four soils. Three of those soils are lost. Three of those soils are lost. And, and, and they even got a ways in their faith, in, in what seemed like faith. They got a ways with that, but then they fell away. Whether it be, whether it be that it never, took, it never took root to begin with, all the way to the point of the cares of this world got in the way, the deceit for riches and all that kind of stuff got in the way, and the next thing you know, they fell away. So, so three of those Four soils were lost. And, and, and so what, what is being said here is that some people think they're saved and they were never saved in the first place. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about the person that in, in, instead of losing salvation, which God's word is clear of eternal security, of assurance, of assurance of salvation. But you see, this thing, this adding, to, adding these things to our faith, is assuring for us that we are saved. Assuring for us that we are saved because here comes the moment. Here comes the moment. And, and it says, for if you do these things, all right, so let me read all of 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. In other words, God, God called you even before the foundation of the, of the earth, even before the foundation of the world. And some people take that to mean I don't have to do evangelism. Hogwash. Okay, we must share the word of God. We must share the word of God with people to, in some cases, introduce people, introduce people to God Almighty. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. 
Think about that. Think about, think about these things preventing you from stumbling. From stumbling. Because, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now here's the thing. Here's the point of this. I, I've, tried to, I've tried to understand this in so many different ways. But you know what it says? It says that your faith is so strong and your faith is so secure and you are so grounded in your faith that you just walk right into the kingdom of God. It just happens naturally. It just happens normally that, that when you accept Christ and you, and you live out your faith that you know what? It's no surprising thing when you find yourself walking right into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God that, by the way, exists here on this earth and exists in heaven. There's no, it's no surprise. It's no surprise to you that you are there. That you are there. That, that because, of the way, because of the way that you are living your life. Because of the way you are exercising your faith. Because of all of these things that, that you know what? You've been given access. We've been given access right Right to the right to God. Right to God. Do you understand? You, you understand? You understand that picture of heaven in Revelation 7 9? You understand that picture that every that, that people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Can you imagine what that's gonna look like? Because I think some of us are having a hard time picturing that. I'm not. I'm I'm really not having a hard time picturing that. Boy, how beautiful that's gonna be. For this reason, now, now let's just finish up with this. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are establishing the present truth. So what he's saying is I'm talking, to, I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to people who know the truth. I'm talking to people who, who are saved. I'm talking to saved people in this situation. You're established in it. You're grounded in it. You know these things. You know these things. I'm just, I'm just reminding you. And he says, yes, I think it is right as long as I'm in this tent. In other words, how do you like my tent? How do you like my tent? Because this is my tent, okay? And I'm sorry if you don't like my tent. It's the only tent I got. And oh, by the way, your tent is the only tent you got, okay? So the so thing is, this is, my, this is my tent. Well, Peter's saying, as long as I'm in this tent, as long as I'm in this tent, this is what I'm going to do. As long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. You see, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you getting stirred up. I get in trouble all the time. I'm the same way. I, I, well, <laughs> Tyler, that's pretty funny. But I, get, but, but I get in trouble. I get in trouble all the time when I come into the scene and my grandchildren are there. Okay, I get in trouble because for some reason I stir them up. Or that's what I'm accused of. All right, now, I don't think that's the case. It happened just last night. It happened just last night that I was, that, that, that I was in trouble for stirring them up. But you know what Peter says? Peter says, I'm going to do this as long as I have breath. As long as I have breath, as long as I live in this tent, I am going to remind you of the things that I am saying. And so you sit there and you say... Pastor, you say the same thing all the time. You say it over and over and over again. Well, there's a reason for that. And 
Then he goes on to say, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent. So what does that mean? He's about to die. He's about to die at the hands of Nero. It is not going to be pleasant. It is not going to be pretty. I don't think where he's at right this moment is very pleasant. And it's about to take a step in the worst, in the worst direction. He's about to lose his life for his faith. And he's going to be hung on a cross. And he's going to tell him, wait, oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't hang me like this. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to hang the way my Savior hung. So please hang me upside down. That's not some... He says, I must put off my tent just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Jesus showed, Jesus showed us how to live this life. Jesus showed us how to die. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. I was thinking about this driving down the road this morning. I was thinking about Peter this morning. I was thinking about Peter and, and the fact that, you know something? You know something? Here we are. Here we are thousands of years later talking about what Peter wrote and remembering, and remembering Peter and his faith and, and his love for the Lord and, and all of that and, and thinking about, you know what? He was going to do it in a way that left a reminder, that left a reminder and oh praise the Lord and oh praise the Lord that all the writings that didn't make it through the fall of empires, the Bible did. The Bible made it through the fall of empires. God's word, God's word was, was protected in a sense. God, God, ensured, God ensured that his word would be compiled. That his word would be compiled. And oh, by the way, 66 books. 39 old, 27 new. There won't be any added. There won't be any taken away. Okay? This, this book is this book. Okay? And, and so, and Peter, and Peter wrote it down, and Peter wrote it down so that people could be reminded over and over and over and over and over again as many times as someone will pick up this book and read it and understand it and apply it and do it. Praise God for his word. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, Lord, for... Lord, thank you, for, thank you for our salvation. Thank you for saving our lives. Thank you, for, thank you for coming to earth. Lord, thank you for showing us how to live. Lord, you could have, you could have stopped what happened in the end, but you know, why, you know why you came. You know you came to die so that our sins could be covered and, and, and forgiven and, and washed away. And Lord, um, we still live in the presence of sin. We've been delivered from the power and the penalty of sin if we have accepted you as Lord and Savior. And Lord, I, I just pray that, Lord, I just pray that as we, um, as we continue this journey, as we, Lord, as we, Lord, may our faith be something that people can see. May our, may our faith be something that we exercise and that we and, and, and that is on full display, full disclosure. Lord, may people know who we are. 
And Lord, when the temptations come, when the, when, 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 when the devil throws these things at us, Lord, may we have your armor in place, intact. And Lord, may we be able, may we be able to fight off the devil because we submit to you and we resist the devil. And you, your word promises that he will flee from us. So Lord, so Lord, we have we have tools and we have weapons. And Lord, may we may we use them, may we exercise them, may these disciplines, may these disciplines of our faith, may may they grow in us. Lord, if there be somebody here that doesn't know you this morning, Lord, wow. It's been kind of tough for them because they, they really don't get it. But Lord, I, I pray that I pray that you have spoken to them. I pray that they understand their need for you. Lord, and I pray that they would they would make the decision to follow you the rest of their days. Father, for those of us that, that are, are children of yours, those that have called upon the name of Jesus, those that know that our call and election is sure, then Lord, I pray that we would, I pray that we would live it. I pray that, we would, that it would be on display for the world to see. Not for our glory, but for your glory. Lord, we love you, we honor you, we praise you. Lord, I lift up this time of invitation, whatever this time of invitation is about, Lord, that you would take it and you would do in the lives of your, of your people what only you can do. Lord, there might be somebody here that this morning steps up and says, I'll go to the mission field. Lord, I know that you can do that in anybody's life. Lord, we love, honor, and praise you. In your most precious holy name, amen. Stand together.